Welcome to Wise and Nice, a true crime podcast with your hosts Danny Armstrong and Kelly Lee. Please remember that we mean no disrespect to anyone mentioned in this episode or across any of the Wise and Nice platforms. We have an interest in true crime and related topics, and whilst we may offer our own personal views on certain items, it is meant to be educational and as light-hearted as possible. The information we present is collated from research gathered from the internet, and we reference and credit our sources wherever possible. If you've liked what you've heard and want to join in with us, follow us on our socials, Instagram, Wives and Knives the Pod, Twitter, at Knives Wives, and Facebook, Wives and Knives Pod. We also have a little website where we post photographs and other information about the cases that we research. And this is wivesandknives.wixsite.com forward slash my site. Hello and welcome to Wives and Knives. Hello, everybody. Hope you're all well um, and enjoying your Easter weekend. Mm. Today, it is Easter egg day. It is. Or Easter Sunday, if you will. Yes. Did the Easter Bunny visit your house this morning? Um, yeah, the Easter Bunny was um, preemptive, came yesterday. and has oh. several Easter egg hunts. Oh, cute. Yeah. It's kind of a tradition, really, I guess. One of those, we don't go crazy, but yeah, we always do an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. So. I've got some nice Easter marshmallows from the, I think, the Naked Marshmallow Company. But I freaking love them. They're like my favourite treat thing Ooh. and these marshmallows have mini eggs in and one has uh, cream eggs in Ooh. so they're going to be very exciting and yeah I really like Easter because I like chocolate and food yeah same I um, got a Ferrero Rocher egg nice and oh my days like the actual egg had Ooh. nuts in it so it was like you got like a little box of Ferrero Rocher at the bottom mm. but then the main egg is lovely yeah oh that sounds special. I've got a little <clears throat> Aero egg and a little, um, I think it's like little or Aldi egg. Um, but I have already eaten that, so there we go. Okay. But yeah, that'll be iced chocolate. I just, I, fa- I really like Easter eggs. I just mm. think, ugh, all the packaging, it pisses me off. Oh yeah, you were um, passionate about this. I, yeah, yeah, it just annoys me. Yeah, I'm like there's as much chocolate in a little bar. But of a chocolate. lot of them have, well, pretty much all of them have moved away from like the plastic inside, yeah. which is good. Mm. Um, but yeah, still there nice. we go. Eco-conscious morning for Easter <laughs> chocolate tastes better, definitely. Oh yeah, it's like this a, I think oh calendar chocolate tastes better. No, as long as it's not that cheap Kinnerton shit. No, I love that. Oh, you're so wrong. I love that. Anyway, anyway. so how's your week been, Kelly? How did <laughs> I knew you? You're gonna do this. How did oh. you kick off your Easter weekend? Say like Thursday night before the bank holiday. How are you? <sighs> Absolutely minging. What's now, my friend? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, we had a girly night, didn't we? And um, I ended it puking my guts out. So, and kicking you in the face, I believe, at some yeah. time through the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, honestly. I've apologised enough. I'm not apologising again. Too much. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Overkill and the apologies. 
previously it has been the other oh, way around. Yeah, kind of However, felt like level in the playing yeah, field. Yeah, it definitely was. Like it was absolutely it's fine. Cute, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. However, there was just more people in the house, so <laughs> oh, it was a bit more was, like it was problematic. It was a bit problematic because normally we'd like separate ourselves and deal with our problems. Yeah, but I really like. I was too tired and I had like nowhere else to go so I just sat next to you on yeah, my phone. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. Danny's, I'm puking into a bowl and Danny's watching Louis through. through. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Um, what can I say? Yeah. feel ashamed, feel embarrassed but I'm just glad I'm, I'm glad I survived. You did. It was touch and go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was quite a sleepless night for both of us. Yeah. But we've recovered. Up until me puking, though, it was a nice evening. It was lovely. And I, and I was annoyed because I was just like, just at that level where I was like, oh, yeah, just nicely pissed and ready for cards against humanity. And then the puke demon was evoked inside of me and that was it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I puked on the uh, on the drive home as well <laughs> to a coffee cup. Because I'm fucking classy. So. The next day, you yeah, the next on the drive home. That made it sound like you were like, oh, I'm sick, I'm going to drive home. No, no. Was, I felt great. I was like, oh, yeah, I've survived the night. I'm going to get myself home, get myself a nice cup of tea and just be fine. Um, but no, it didn't happen. Well, this is disgusting. And I hope no one was eating um, an Easter egg while well, we've repeatedly talked about that. I'm not sorry. No, it's fine. Anyway. <laughs> so what have we got this week? So this week's case is Charlie Brandt. I'm very excited about this because I don't really know much about this chap. Yeah, well, I heard about him sort of just on a whim like I was mm. just you know when you just like autoplay random true crime yeah on um, YouTube I tend to like when I'm cleaning and stuff and I thought interesting I haven't heard much about it and I do think that is because there's a lot of his life we don't know about um but yeah let me begin so I want to tell you about Charlie Brandt born Carl Brandt on the 23rd of February 1957 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, yeah, quite a while ago. In 1972, his family relocated to Ormond Beach, Florida. And in 1986, Charlie married his girlfriend, Teresa Terry Halfrinch. 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 And the couple settled into their home on Big Pine Key. Now, I've jumped through his life there because it's more interesting if I do it in a zigzaggy way. Okay. I know. Think of it as a plot twist coming up. (laughs) (laughs) So, Terry and Charlie were a sickeningly lovely couple, like, proper cutesy. They were the kind of couple that everybody thought was, like, so fucking in love with each other. And they did this thing where they'd make each other lunch every morning and be like, oh, lunch tastes better when it's made by someone you love. Um, Ugh, I feel bit gross, back but they were proper, like, to the outside world at least, they were proper fucking cutesy. And Charlie worked as an engineer 
and everyone thought he was a great husband. Like, Teresa, Terry's friends, often remarked that their relationship was like the dream relationship that everybody wanted. And I've heard a quote a few times where a friend says, if I found someone who loved me a third as much as Charlie loved Terry, I'd be a happy woman. Like, okay. They were put on a pedestal as like totally in love. And yeah, they both seem perfectly happy together. So fast forward to 2004. So not that long ago now. Mm. And Hurricane Ivan was tearing through America and it was about to hit Big Pine Keys where they lived and like it was pretty serious so people were told to evacuate and Charlie thought uh, people were overreacting he was like it's not going to be that bad but he's been told to evacuate he will being an engineer he was able to board his house up really precisely he even cut like little holes in the wood for the doorknobs and like left everything pristine and they decided that yeah they should should leave so they went to go and stay with terry's niece michelle so terry had a really close relationship with her family and um, got on really super well with her niece and they decided to go live there she lived near orlando and it wasn't too far away but just far enough for them to get out of the way of this hurricane basically and she was happy to have um, the couple join her. She'd like, obviously had a close relationship with her aunt, but she loved her uncle as well. And she thought it would be fun to have them there for a bit. So they arrived at Michelle's and they had a few drinks and like chat, whatever. Doubt they behaved by you. <laughs> anyway, whatever happened that night, Charlie and Terry ended up having an argument. And we know this because Michelle was going to have some friends around that night, but she told them to not bother coming because there'd been this argument and they were all a bit drunk and they were going to go to bed. And that's like literally the only report of friction ever in their relationship. And we don't know if it was like that serious or anything anyway. But yeah, just a point of note. So everything else seemed pretty normal. They continued living their normal lives. Like they still went to work and stuff. And they just went back to her house at night. During this time, Charlie actually arranged to meet up with his youngest sister, Jessica. Because Charlie had one elder sister and um, two younger siblings as well. Met up with Jessica and he'd actually said to her that he was a bit sick of staying at Michelle's now and he was really looking forward to going back home, which I don't think is that usual. Everyone's a bit more comfortable at their own home. Yeah, sure. But she recalled this visit saying that Charlie kept talking about how he wanted to go home, like as if there was a sense of urgency to it and that he just seemed a bit strange. Before he left, he gave her a really big hug, which he wouldn't normally have done. Like, she just noticed it. And yeah. She was like, it's oh, a bit odd. So, now we're at the 12th of December. So, they'd been at Michelle's about a week, I think-ish. And it was agreed that it was time that they could go home. So they start packing the things up, but it seems like Charlie had a change of heart and decided that they'd go the following day. So just stay one more night at Michelle's. On the 13th, Michelle's mum, so Terry's sister, 
who usually spoke to her every day, noticed she wasn't picking up a phone. And like no big concern, it's just one day, but it was noted it was a bit weird. And then the next day the same happens, like she can't get in touch with her either. And then the day after that, and then it is weird. Yeah. Like three days in a row, a little bit odd. So Michelle's mum contacts one of Michelle's friends. So Michelle's mum's called Mary Lou, that's Terry's sister. And Michelle had like a really close group of like pals and they had keys to each other's houses. Like it was almost like a security network. And she got in touch with one of those and says like, will you go and check on the house and make sure everything's okay? So we are on... September the 15th now and her friend who's called Debbie Nye goes to check on the house and while she does she is on the phone with Mary Lou so she's like oh yeah I'm just pulling up to the house now anyway she goes to the house and the door's locked and she's struggling with a key Um, we don't really know why like she was struggling with a key that's irrelevant okay. sometimes I struggle with my key and it is the right key but yeah. so she just decided to go around the side of the house instead and they had it's described as like a glass garage so I don't know if it's just like a garage with a lot of windows or a greenhouse I, I don't know um, but there's a lot of windows anyway so she looks through the garage and she sees Uncle Charlie hanging from some rafters by some bed sheets. Oh shit! You look genuinely surprised. Well, I don't know about this, do oh, I? Oh, I'm glad it's story it time. Um, and yeah, imagine being on the phone though. Yeah. So like Mary Lou's like, "Oh, you're gonna look around the side of the house," and that's what she sees. And his body is already started like decomposing. And I'm imagining if it's a greenhouse, it's pretty warm. Yeah. So. Debbie contacts the police who try a key again and manage to enter the house. Um, And in the house, they find the body of Terry and Michelle. So, Terry's been stabbed seven times in the chest and she's lying on the couch. They go upstairs and find Michelle, who has been decapitated and disemboweled. Mm. Her heart and organs have been removed and her head is placed to her body as if it's watching herself rot. Her breasts have been cut off and her intestines were found in the bin. The weapon used in the crime were knives from the kitchen. Do you know what this, the image of this reminds me of? Um... Jack the Ripper. Hmm. Like when you would yeah. open it's like very oof. really, really sort of overkill gratuitous yeah. violence. And the sight was so fucking awful that police officers were running outside and throwing up like it was more than anyone would be equipped for. Yeah, of course. And the house was pretty covered in blood as well. Um, also, there was tons of underwear thrown around the bedroom, um, particularly like loads of Victoria's Secret underwear. And just, it was a fucking weird and horrible sight. So, Michelle's friend has to then actually call like Mary Lee back here, see if she'd put the phone down, and Michelle's dad and tell them what oh god 
what had been found. So at first the family thought that someone must have broken in and killed the two women, then hung Charlie. But the police are quick to say, like, that isn't what's happened here. This is a murder-suicide. And everybody was shocked. Like, it didn't make sense. Charlie was a great guy and he loved his wife and he loved Michelle. And nobody had seen this come in or no one had said that they'd seen this come in. Do you know what I mean? The first thing the police did was look up Charlie's records to see if he had any form and they found absolutely nothing, not even like a parking ticket. And they were really just baffled as to how and why, as a law-abiding citizen, he could commit such brutal and horrendous crimes. And like I said, everyone was really shocked. Everybody except (laughs) Um, Charlie's elder sister, Angela, who actually went straight to the police station because she had something to tell him. Angela told the police that Charlie had murdered before, but it won't appear on his records because he was only 13. You see, in some states, 13 is classed as a minor, and this isn't this law isn't the same now as it was back then, because I did sort of have a quick look and see what had happened now, and it's all changed, but... When Charlie was 13, he was classed as a minor and crimes committed at that age in Indiana, yeah, in Indiana, are treated completely differently. The records are sealed so it wouldn't show up in any police searches and it was treated as like like a psychiatric break, like it wasn't treated as a crime. And the person that he murdered was his own mother. Oh my gosh. I know. So, in 1971, Charlie had lived with his eldest sister, Angela, and his two younger sisters, who were only two and three at the time, so they were like babies, and their dad. So their dad was called Herbert, and their mum was, and I'm really sorry, like I wish I could find somewhere that pronounced her name, but I couldn't. I could only find it written down. It's spelled I-L-S-E. Isla. Is that how you spell Isla? Well, I would just, I'd probably spell it with an A at the end. Yeah. That's Isle, isn't it? Mm. That's how I found it written down, like, um, the mum and she was eight months pregnant at this time oh god on the evening of january the third their family had settled down after an exciting day because it was the first day that had a color television so it had been like a thing it had been like a good day anyway mum went to go and have a bath and angela was getting ready for bed so angela recalls recalls hearing some loud bangs as 13-year-old Charlie had taken his dad's gun and shot his dad in the back, then stood over his pregnant mother in the bath and shot her five times. Before Angela had time to react, Charlie appeared at her door and he pointed the gun at her, straight at her head, and he pulled the trigger. But Charlie was out of bullets. He jumped towards her and wrestled her onto the floor. And she was rightly fucking terrified. Obviously, she was a few years older than him, but you could still 
Mm. Like he could wrestle her to the floor and she was screaming, Charlie, Charlie, what are you doing? What are you doing, Charlie? Why are you doing this to me? I love you. Then all of a sudden, he kind of looked at her really blank and said, what's going on? And she said, I think you shot our parents. And there's a moment that she describes when he looks like he genuinely doesn't know what's going on. And it really, like, stuck with her, this look in his eyes. Anyway, he's, like, freaking out, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And she tries to calm him down. She tells him that they need to leave and they need to take the youngest two girls with them and go somewhere else. But he's saying, don't leave me, don't leave me. And he's still pinning her down. Like, he's, it's a really sort of she doesn't know whether she can trust him basically yeah and also she's recalling this after the fact she has some of the bits she's blocked out but he was covered in blood his mum and dad's blood and wrestling with him on the floor and she manages him she's managed to kick the gun away and like get him off her and she starts going down the stairs and is like I'm going to get help, like, we need to get the twin, not the twins, the two youngest, we need to get some, like, covers, it's cold outside, it's been snowing, and she's, like, trying to make distance between them, and when she thinks she's got enough, she fucking runs out of the house, and he bolts after her. Oh, my God. And they're running through the snow, and she can hear him shouting, like, you said you wouldn't leave me. And she's knocking on her neighbour's door, but no one's coming. And she turns around and he's right behind her. So she runs off in another direction. Anyway, Charlie then knocks on this neighbour's door. And when they open it, he just says, I think I've killed my parents. And he's covered in blood. Oh, my God. Isn't that horrifying? So, soon the police are called and it is clear what has happened. But nobody saw this coming and nobody knows why Charlie was a normal boy like he never done anything violent before he was doing well in school do you know like all the things you might there was nothing and Charlie was quite a mummy's boy as well like him and his mum had a good relationship by all accounts he was definitely more of a mummy's boy than a dad's boy and it wasn't like him I don't know, not to generalise, but you might think, oh my God, was he being abused? Or, But he wasn't, like, all the other kids mm. were perfectly happy. No one really knew. So, Herbert actually survived um, this. He had been shot once, but his mum had died and so had her unborn baby. So... Charlie wasn't sent to prison for this, like I said, and indeed no records were kept at all. He went to a psychiatric facility for just over a year. But actually his dad and the rest of the family were like, like, we'll have him back. They kind of encouraged him to be released. Um, His dad said he still felt incredibly protective over him and um, they kind of put it down to like, a mental illness that they believed would have been treated and 
they, they basically they were happy to have him back in their family or they at least were at that time and upon the release the whole family moved to florida because as you can imagine like some people will have known what happened and there would have been talk so he was assessed on three occasions whilst in this psychiatric unit but he was never diagnosed with anything they said he seemed to be a very normal boy he just snapped now although herbert was happy to have charlie back after a year he decided that he should take the other children back to indiana but Charlie stayed in Florida with his grandparents and was raised by them. We don't know why. You could speculate. Mm. Um, maybe Herbert didn't trust him with the other children. Yeah. Like, you don't know. We don't know. Um, but Herbert actually remarried um, when he moved back to Indiana and they still all stayed in contact. So Angela grew up, like, seeing him and she obviously remembered the night in graphic detail however his two younger siblings who were two and three were told that their mum died in a car crash and they never knew until 2004 when it all started to come out what Charlie had done Um, pretty much the event was covered up like no one spoke about it obviously in Florida nobody knew about it Angela had told her husband about it and when Charlie had been dating Teresa and it was obviously they were going to get married um, she said to Charlie I think you should tell Teresa about what happened when you were younger and like it's, it's fair you should do that and he said he would but we don't know if he did there was one other person that knew about it as well which was one of Charlie's best mates who also happened to be Angela's ex-boyfriend. He knew about it as well, but apart from that and their dad, like, it was all hush-hush. So, what happened in this revelation about him killing his mum gave a bit of context almost to what happened in 2004. Like, he had a bit of form and stuff, but this made the police look into Charlie a lot deeper. Um, because they thought like if he did that when he was a teenager and he did that now Mm. that's a big gap to not be doing anything like what has gone on so they go back to Charlie's home that was all boarded up and they decide to sort of look into an insight look for an insight into his life and in his home they find some very strange things in like fucking awful things as well especially considering what he'd done so Charlie had been looking up dissection videos and autopsy videos a lot online and it wasn't like he was a surgeon or a a trainee doctor or anything like that they also found some snuff films along with necrophilia videos he actually had a poster of an anatomical dissection of a woman in his bedroom it's like a little bit cartoony but not like an illustration but it's not a skeleton either it's got hair I've got a picture of it and it comes up if you google it but it's a weird poster to have in your bedroom yeah as a grown-up that has no medical affiliation Mm. at all yeah as like a lone poster in your bedroom just strange 
Um, I wonder what Terry thought about that post. Exactly. There's lots of things that it would be great if we Mm. could ask Terry about, but obviously we cannot. Um, He also had a huge back catalogue and a subscription to Victoria's Secret catalogue. And this actually led him to be dubbed the Victoria's Secret killer a lot in the media. And something else came out. So Charlie used to talk about Michelle a lot to people. Like he was super proud of his niece, but he also nicknamed her his little Victoria's Secret, which, oh my God, is creepy. That's so wrong. Yeah. So when the police had found all these sort of things that were... Shitty, horrible. Red flags. Gross red flags, yeah. Um, The police started talking to acquaintances and friends of Charlie's and a few people came forward um, to say that looking back, some of the things they'd done seemed creepy, like calling his niece's little Victoria's secret. Um, They said he talked about her incessantly and it was almost like an obsession with her. And any time she was dating someone, he'd go on about how they weren't good enough. And, like, it seemed too much. But obviously, people were only coming forward with this now. After the event. Yeah. And the police had another concern about the murder of Terry and Michelle. Because Michelle, in particular, was done with such expert precision. Like, all these organs and things were removed. But they were cut in a way that indicated that it wasn't his first time and the police were pretty sure that he must have committed other crimes so they begin to piece a timeline of his life together speaking to those closest to him now Angela said that while she still cared about Charlie she had actually never stopped being scared of him and she would never go and visit him but she had let him visit her and when he stayed in her house, she'd make sure all the doors were barricaded shut at night. And Charlie's best friend, Jim, the one that was Angela's ex, came forward to tell him of a time he was out fishing with Charlie. And Jim had recently split up with Angela and he was saying like, he missed her so much, but he was also angry at her. And he was just like having a, having a rant. And Charlie said that the perfect revenge on somebody who hurt you would be to cut out their heart and eat it. Which is a fucking weird thing to say. Also, when that person is your sister, like... So, and Jim thought this was odd. Like, he remembered it and was like, whoa, calm down, Charlie. Like, he thought it was odd and it stuck in his head and obviously now it had a whole new sort of thing about it. Also, there was a small room on the side of Charlie and Terry's house. And one night, Terry had confided in Jim that she'd come home from work and found Charlie in this small room. Now, they often use this small room for gutting fish. And that's what Charlie said he had been doing because he was covered head to toe in blood. Oh, God. But Terry told Jim there were no fish. There were no fish, Jim. And she said that she'd heard about a girl who'd been murdered and mutilated that night and she wondered if Charlie could have done it. She was asking Jim what she should do if she should contact the sheriff's office 
And Jim basically said, are you sure there were no fish? Because if you accuse Charlie of something that he didn't do, it will end your marriage. And Terry decided not to go to the police or tell anyone. I do question Jim's judgment because he knows that Charlie killed his mum. Whether Terry did or not, we don't know. But Terry decides that she's not sure enough to take action so she doesn't go to the police. So like I said, it is super unclear if Terry knew about Charlie's past or not. Jim thought she did. Um, Although it was that kind of thing that's implied but never mentioned. Angela actually said that once the topic of having children came up between Terry and Charlie and they said to Angela, we think it's probably best not considering the circumstances but that's it and I think the circumstances could mean anything like money careers anything like it's not definitely oh we shouldn't because Charlie might kill him kind of vibe so we don't know Terry's family are confident she didn't know though because she never said anything to them Terry was mega close to her family and also they were like she can't keep secrets like she she tells people shit so mm, I don't know Um, after she died her diary was taken by the police and whilst it didn't tell them that much because it wasn't the kind of diary it sounds like the kind of diary that I write so it wasn't like dear diary today we did this and I felt this about it it was more like it was more like appointments and things like that so yeah it was more like appointments but Terry had made some notes on Charlie's behaviour she'd noticed things like strange hours that he kept so she'd written stuff like Charlie came home at 3am Charlie was gone all night and I guess we'll never know for sure how much Terry knew of Charlie's past and whether she had suspicions of what he was capable of although it seems like maybe she did Sure, I'd agree with that. Mm, Definitely. So, after the um, murder-suicide, the police opened a full investigation. Now, I wish I could tell you loads about this, but it is actually still ongoing. So, there isn't a huge... There's a lot, I feel, keeping close to the chest. However, there was 26 cases that they looked into of similar MOs where victims had been mutilated, head or organs removed, that were near or in the area that was ch- that Charlie was known to be at the time. Yeah. However, due to the passage of time, a lot of these have been sort of ruled inconclusive. So the like, they definitely think he could have done it, but they also can't say for sure. Yeah, it must be hard to get evidence after the fact as well. Yeah, and we're talking some of these like yeah decades yeah so there is two that the police are confident to close based on the fact they believe that charlie committed these crimes and one of them they even have like links like very concrete scientific links so i'm going to tell you about those and then there's a few others that they have released details of but that aren't confirmed and then there's more that they've released no details of if you get what i mean so one of the victims which is said to be his is named 
is Sherry Parisho. Yeah. She was killed way back in 1989, year of my birth. And she was found decapitated and her heart had been removed, just like Michelle. And this was years and years and years and years and years before Michelle. And this is actually the girl that Terry had heard about. The night she was killed is the night that Terry had walked in on Charlie covered in blood. And at that time, the murder couldn't be linked to like any others in the area, but the MO was so grotesque and specific that they, like there was, there was no one else committing that sort of crime. And now they know Charlie was. So a composite sketch was created of a man seen running away from the area that Sherry was found. And this sketch does look remarkably similar to Charlie. And Charlie actually lived super close by, like within a mile, like really close. Obviously, the police didn't know that he was seen covered in blood in his house that night because she never reported it. But having found out this and looking at the MOs, the police have actually stopped looking for anyone else and they believe it was definitely him. In 1995, a woman called Darlene Toller was killed in Miami and she's also been linked to Charlie and her case closed. She was found wrapped in a tarp, again her head and her heart had been removed. And it's crazy how they've managed to like link this so conclusively because it wasn't mega close, although Charlie was known to have like been in and around Miami at that time. But dog hairs were found on Darlene that were proven to have the same DNA as dog hairs found in Charlie's van almost a decade later. And the dog was Charlie's friend that he'd, he'd often give lifts to. And they managed to find detailed records that Charlie had kept of his travels. He seems very like he kept records and did things very neatly, which is great when you're investigating somebody. <laughs> um, but Charlie had actually kept a log of his travels at that time. And on the day that Darlene was killed, he made an extra 100 mile trip and didn't write any reason for this in his log where there was reasons for everything else. And yeah, the DNA means that Darlene must have been in his car at some point. So, yeah. Obviously, there is many more that could be linked to Charlie, up to 26, but no more that have been confirmed by law enforcement. So those two, they've kind of stopped looking for anyone else. But the media have linked a 12-year-old girl called Carol Sullivan, who went missing on her way to school in 1978. So even earlier, she was living very close to where Charlie lived at the time and Carol's skull was found in a bucket. In 1988, Lisa Saunders was beaten and dragged from her car in the Big Pine Key area and she was found, when she was found later, her heart was missing along with other organs. Although she was so badly decomposed at the time, they thought that vultures had just eaten bits of her body. So that's just four. There's another 22 that haven't wow. been sort of named but are being looked into for potential victims of Charlie. But he'll never be able to be held responsible for anything that he's done. And that is really all I can tell you on him. 
However, isn't it mad that there's such a big span of his life where he was potentially getting away with committing crimes so grotesque and so vulgar and he was perceived to be this loving, ideal guy. And that's almost like the scariest type. Yeah, it is the scariest thing. That's scariest type of killer. Oof. So that is the story of Charlie wow. and more importantly, the story of his mum and Terry and Michelle and Amazing. his other victims. So yeah, I'm glad you hadn't heard of that before. I think maybe I have, but not. I didn't fully know all the ins and outs about it. I remember the fish thing, mm-hmm. like he'd been, oh, I think, you know, he's covered in blood, but he was preparing fish. That sticks I out. literally wow. just imagine her telling Jim and then we'll go in but there were no fish and like Jim clocking what oh she was actually God. meaning fucking hell do you think Terry knew I think Terry had her suspicions yeah definitely there's a lot of threads online some going as far to say it was a bit of like an Ian and Myra I don't know if I agree with I that. Don't th- I don't agree with no, it either. But saying, like, said. maybe she helped lure these women, and I I don't I think that's such, like, pie in the sky. Um, yeah, I don't make that, that jump. I feel like she was more terrified of believing the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, and they've been together for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And he obviously was very good at... Um, separating parts yeah. of his life you've fooled so many people mm. what what does stand out to me is that the murder of his mum and the attempted murder of his dad like at 13 is that right yeah i find that quite you know like to to have that i understand the legalities of it but to have that sort of all that information closed and locked to me almost gives him like a jump board to go yeah. ahead and do whatever the hell he wants it's the not like he accidentally it, shot somebody no. once you know and it could no. be like oh he was playing with the gun and it went off accidentally and I got shot in the back he's shot his mum five times he tried to kill his sister yeah. there'd have been a bullet in there exactly then would he have carried on and killed the younger two as well more than likely the question is though do you think that if he'd spent longer in a psychiatric unit he would have got better or do you think like it's it's hard because one year is such a short amount of time um I think that's the problem I think that you know like it's looking at it like that was an accident a mental mm. break and to me clearly there's no evidence that that was a mental break. No, and um, his psychiatric reports have been released, um, not publicly, mm. but as part of the investigation to detectives working on the case. Yeah. And whilst they haven't said what's in there, they've said that it sheds a lot of light on his mental state. So it would be really interesting to know yeah. what was in them. Um, but I don't think that's going to be something that we're ever privy to. However, what I found perplexing is that at some points he'd said he didn't remember what happened or that 
it just like a, a feeling overtook him and he had to but he also gives motive as well so he said that he shot his dad because his dad had killed the family dog we don't know how the dad had killed the family dog um Charlie said they were out hunting and dad killed the family dog we don't know if it was an accident mm-hmm. we don't know if the dog was I don't know hit by a car and he killed it as like a form of yeah. put it out of his misery yeah we, we don't know even if his dad had killed the family dog out of malicious reasons um you don't go and shoot your mum five times in the back. Yeah, like it's, I was say. it's, it's still a jump. If you were, if you were so angry at your dad, your dad would have had the multiple gunshots. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. That's what he says. I couldn't find anywhere with like Angela speaking about mm. that. It was just something that I I read. It sounds to me like the um, sort of intense violence focused on his mum and the unborn child and you saying that he was a mummy's boy. Mm. This is complete speculation, of course, Mm. but I feel like he was angry at his mum that he wasn't going to be the focus as much somehow. I definitely sort of a... um, I feel like his dad was only shot so he could get to his mum. Yeah. And I feel all his anger is geared towards women. Yeah, and definitely. Potentially women that make him feel something. Yeah. Because I know um, the 26 potential victims weren't people that knew him. No. Or he knew, but maybe he felt he knew them or he, knew he could look at them and he made these assumptions yeah, that made him... something yeah. to him. Yeah. Because... He obviously had an intense, um, inappropriate feelings for his niece. Yeah. And again, um, Terry, yeah, she, she was shot, but it was so he could get to his niece and do the things he wanted to do. Exactly. There's also a lot of speculation as whether he ate bits of oh, his... Oh, do you know, when you were talking about that, I was I was really thinking you were going to say the victims. heart was found in a pot on the stove. No, nothing like that. But there's, there's speculation. It's like... Yeah. Because he was cutting so many bits of people out. No. But yeah, obviously, the police are still comparing cases to him and things, mm. so there's not been as much released about it um he's spoken about as like i said the victoria secrets killer the uh, big pine ripper and a few other sort of names online Mm, very interesting i look forward to reading a bit more into that to be honest yeah i find him a thing is Terry's diary very interesting there's actually a book that someone has written on Charlie and I'd like to get hold of a copy of that I didn't have um the time the will or the money to do it before I wrote this mm-hmm. I'm afraid but I'll let you off this person who wrote this book had extracts of her diary and lined Terry's diary up with a timeline of loads of people going missing um just a final note the um, young girl that was snatched on the way to school Carol Mm -hmm. whose skull was found in a bucket her family have actually said they don't think it was him not necessarily because 
they truthfully don't think it was but they don't want the media to say it was because it'll stop people looking or coming forward if they have any other suspicions and they're like without um, like 100% proof we still want people to care and to like we don't want her case to be closed unless we're 100% sure and we're not 100% sure kind of thing so I think mm, um, interesting yeah but he did live very close by yeah it seems the MO mm. seems very but apparently that's wide. brought up a lot in this book about how mm. people don't want cases that haven't been solved to just be pinned on Charlie if it means that someone else is walking through he's committed oh absolutely do you know what I mean like that's discussed a lot in this book but obviously yeah. I haven't got a copy of the book so <laughs> and I've I can't recommend it. It might be shit, but it sounds like it's good. I'm going to say it does sound from what quite, other people have said yeah, online. Sounds quite interesting. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. Um, Thank you very much for that. It was was a good case to look into. I find it really creepy that he was such a um, pleasant passing individual. Like people just thought he was nice. Obviously, like you said, really creepy, weird shit. But the general consensus was that he was a nice guy. And he we spoke about this on the last episode just about people who look I, normal. Yeah. And you I think to me you look normal. This is the thing, I, I don't scary. I don't go off looks that I feel like yeah. everyone has got the propensity to be that type of person. Mm. So you've just got to be careful. Oh definitely. So yeah, mm. there's Charlie. Um any plans on what we're doing next week, love? No, I don't think we've really no. discussed it. We have got um, another episode in the bag, which um, I'm hopefully going to put out some point this week as well. So you get a double episode week. Um, I did want to mention that sadly... Sophie Lancaster's... Sylvia Lancaster's yeah. passed away. I think that was really sad. I think she'd been ill for quite a while, but... It's quite a local case to us, really, that it was in Bake Up, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. It could be one to cover. I I would actually really like to do it. I just feel a bit, like, um, grimy doing it now. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes if you cover a case when it's in the news, it's like, oh, you're just covering it because it's, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. relevant to now. But I think that's always been on our list for, you know, because it is a big case and it's very, you know, sad. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, definitely not next week, but maybe in the future. But, yes, we will be back with another episode next week, whatever it will be. I'm sure it'll be grand. Uh, (laughs) Until then, don't eat too much chocolate. Yeah, have a nice Easter. Yeah, see you next week. We will. Bye. Bye.